It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 2nd, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about Steve, Steve Clifford and the Difficult task in front of him as he tries to get the Magic ready for an unprecedented finish to the NBA season. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's defense and the foundations that appear to be in good shape, even though the team has struggled on that end. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets and the Washington Wizards, the two key teams the Magic will be watching when they get into the bubble? Check out Locked On Wizards or Locked On Nets. There's a Locked On podcast for every team in the NBA, plus the NFL, MLB, college, and NHL teams too. Just check them out wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order again. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. At this point, nobody knows what life in the bubble is going to be like. Um, I I think that this is a point that everyone has to take right now. I know I've sat here and said it, and I'll say it again now. I have no clue what to expect from the basketball we will see once the season resumes. And for the next three weeks, coaches will be learning and figuring out what the basketball is going to look like for the next three months or the next, for the rest of the season. It is an extremely difficult time to be a head coach. I know, you know, from talking with Steve Clifford and, and watching how he prepares his team, Steve Clifford is a very meticulous coach. You know, the, every, you know, every part of the year has its season, has its reason. A training camp is a well-thought-out and planned thing. There's a normal rhythm to the season. And usually, usually when you get to a training camp, you have an idea of what you're going to do every single day. Things are mapped out in much more detail than you think. Steve Clifford is someone who, you know, when he enters a training camp practice, especially a training camp practice, 
he knows exactly what they're trying to accomplish. And I mean, again, a pro coach is very different from a college coach or a high school coach. They want to get their work done quickly. You know, they they they, they don't want to waste players' times. They know they know they're adults, number one, so you've got to respect that time. But they want to get work quickly to get what they need to get done. And so, especially a training camp where, you know, there's a set time before the games start, start counting and it's a real opportunity to teach, everything is laid out. And for the most part, you can hit the ground running. As some of you may know, and, and, and if not, this is going to be really elucidating to, to what the NBA schedule actually looks like. Typically around Labor Day, early September, players return to their home markets to get ready for training camp. And typically... You know, at least what this what the Magic have done for the last several several years, they'll hold optional workouts. You know, semi directed by the coaches, but you know, optional workouts. They're not required for everyone. You don't have to be there. But over the last two years, several you know, the majority of the Magic appear for these optional workouts, and it's sort of a jump start to to get ready for practice. And Steve Clifford says he uses these optional workouts to get a gauge of where his team is at, to know how hard he can push them in training camp. This year, for instance. On the first day of camp, the Magic played three full quarters with referees to get themselves ready and get themselves into camp. Start to install some offense, start to install some defense, but a lot of live action just to see where everyone's conditioning is at. He had a good feel that he could do that, that he could push that button because he'd seen them work out before. This is very, very different. This training camp we're going to see that'll begin for the Magic around July 9th, July 9th or 10th, so in about a week. It's not going to be the typical training camp. And while Steve Clifford has said he's been happy and impressed with how the players have kept themselves in shape during the hiatus, they're not in basketball shape. They're not doing contact. They're not playing pickup. They're not doing the things that you have to do to get ready for an NBA season. The first time anybody will be able to do contact, whether it's even two-on-two or three-on-three, or even one-on-one, will be next week at Disney during training camp. During the beginning of the season. You know, during the essential, essentially the three weeks this team has to prepare for the season. And that leads to a lot of uncertainty. Well, first of all, I think there's more... Uh, unknown for all of us than any NBA situation I can ever remember. You know, we're trying to plan, uh, you know, our first few days of practice for in the bubble. And frankly, I watch our guys every day and I change my mind every day on how much we can do. Uh, Normally, um, you know, for most staffs, you can do the first four or five days of training camp and have a good feel for how much contact you can do, how long you can practice, uh, how much offense you can put in, how much defense you can put in. And right now, I have no feel for that. This is at the very heart of the challenge that every team in the NBA is going through right now. Because unlike the beginning of the season, players have not been able to play. They've not been able to keep some semblance of of basketball shape. As we always say around training camp, game shape is very different than being in shape. Taking the physical pounding and, and, and the bumps and, and all that stuff that happens in an NBA game at, at such high speeds. 
is extremely difficult. And it's, it's something that is carefully planned out for. There is a very real concern about kind of soft tissue injuries and ramping up too quickly and having players who are not ready for kind of the toll that this is going to take and take not being ready for it in general. It is my belief that teams are going to have to rely more heavily on their depth. And in fact, Steve Clifford said he is probably not going to be able to run his more favored nine-man rotation. He will have to run 10, maybe 11 guys to make sure the team can get through it. Don't expect to see Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic playing 35 minutes per game right off the bat. You know, if you're if you're one of the people that believes Mo Bamba needs to be playing minutes, this is going to be his opportunity. This is one of the big, big, big things that's going to happen during this during this resumed season. Excuse me. So there is a lot at play here. A lot of work that still has to be done. And Clifford said those first few practices, you know, the Magic are scheduled to arrive at the Grand Floridian on July 7th. Uh, there'll be a minimum two-day quarantine. So July 9th or 10th is when they'll be able to start working out together again. Those first few practices are going to be more like those voluntary workouts. Kind of getting them back into the rhythm of a basketball game before throwing them into the proverbial deep end of an actual live contact basketball game. And of course, in the background of all this is everyone's going to get tested beforehand, but those first few days inside the bubble, I think, will be a little bit uneasy until everyone is for sure. Not just that initial test, but I think I, I think teams I think teams are going to want to wait for that second test to come through to make sure everyone is clear before they really start ramping up for games. There's a lot at play here that's really going to make this extremely, extremely difficult. This has been basically an off-season. An off-season without basketball. It's not like a lockout where everyone was playing pickup games wherever they could. This is going to be something that's going to be very, very different than what we saw in March. But it's also an opportunity. A, a, a training camp, a second crack at a training camp, it's a chance to change things up a little bit. And Steve Clifford said, you know, with teams having 10 to 11 weeks off, and, and the Magic at least, reviewing their own game tape, teams are going to do something a little bit different. You know, maybe not reinvent the wheel, but... Clifford said he expects to see tweaks. He already has tweaks and changes that he wants to make to the Magic. Specifically on defense, he said there's at least one change they're going to make to try and get the defense right. And we'll talk about that coming up in a moment. And so, that's going to be part of this, you know, retraining camp. Is installing new things adjusting to the 65 games the Magic have played already. But the tricky part is the balance. Because, yes, you want to install new things, yes, you want to make adjustments, but at the same time, you got to get physically ready for games. And you got to know just how hard you can push the team. It is going to be an extremely, extremely difficult period. 
a very difficult period. But with everyone starting from the same place, perhaps, perhaps it means there's more opportunity to go around. It always comes back to playing well, right? I know it sounds simple, but you know, you have to play well. And so I do think the one thing we've talked about as a staff is um, we'll still try to, you know, game plan and take things away, but we've got to, we've got to concentrate and spend our time on our team and getting our team at a level where they're comfortable in playing as well as they can in as many different aspects of offense and defense as possible. And as we sit here today, you know, the playing field is, there's a much more even a playing field than you would have with eight games left. You can't say right now with any certainty that any team is playing a lot better than anybody else. So I think for a team like ours, um, it's, a, you know, it's a great opportunity. Every team, though, has that same opportunity. And every team is going to progress at a slightly different pace. And the hope is, of course, by the end of those 15 days of the seeding round, everyone will be in tip-top shape for a more regular playoff round or a more regular playoff journey. The problem, though, is the Orlando Magic have to hit the ground running immediately. Their most important game is their first game against the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously, they don't have time to ease into the season like a Los Angeles Lakers or Milwaukee Bucks would. And unfortunately for the Magic, and this is the whole challenge of what's going to come in the next couple weeks, unfortunately for the Magic, they don't know where they're at. Nobody knows where anybody is at as far as being ready to play. And this is on top of the psychological effects and kind of the the mental health issues that that might play out as, as teams settle into their new home for the next three months, or potentially for the next three months. This is all part of the challenge. We are heading into completely unknown territory. It's exciting in one sense, because, yes, it does feel like every team really does have a chance, or there's, there's going to be a lot more parity uh, out there. But it's scary, too, because nobody knows how this is going to go or how this is going to work. There is no sense of how this season will play out. But that journey starts very, very soon. And pretty soon, Clifford, a meticulous planner, someone who is very structured and and, and, and that's a big part of why the Magic have been successful, it's going to have to implement and and apply a plan to get them through the start of this season. To start my day, I usually go for breakfast. It's you know they say it's the most important meal of the day, and I was always growing up a cereal person. You know, you go to the cabinet, you grab the sugary cereal with the t- cartoon tiger on the front. I, I'm not going to say any brand names, but. Uh, you you, you grab you grab you grab the cereal with the cartoon on it, and that was your breakfast. It tasted good. It was fine. You know, some some of those cereals destroyed the roof of your mouth, but not always the best for you. But 
That's where a Magic Spoon is different. It has all the cereal taste that you love, and it actually tastes good and is good for you. Magic Spoon is the cereal if you're trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy foods, but still get that great cereal taste. comes in zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving, and in four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Tastes amazing and is honestly too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free as well. Go to magicspoon.com slash NBA to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code NBA at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash NBA and use the code NBA for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And nothing goes better with a nice bowl of cereal than a good book. But unfortunately, some of us don't even have time to eat cereal. Some of us don't even have time to, to, to have a good breakfast, which, you know, Magic Spoon will fix. But, and if we don't have time for that, then we certainly don't have time to read the kind of books that we want. That's where Blinkist comes in. They are a really unique app that works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. They take the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condense them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. Check out such great stories as Sea Stories, My Life in Special Operations by William H. McRaven, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and Becoming by Michelle Obama. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. The Orlando Magic have had a rough season. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, not rough, rough, but I think we could all agree the Magic have not lived up to our expectations. And while they are certainly on track to at least somewhat match last year's seventh seed and make the playoffs again, which was the baseline goal, we all imagined this team would do more and would show a whole lot more. No doubt about it. As I've, as I've said numerous times, we can take this information, understand the Magic, have not lived up to those expectations, and also understand and recognize that there's still a lot to gain and a lot to play for over the course of the remainder of the season. And for now, the big picture issues, the big things that are kind of swirling around the magic as far as the offseason goes, because July 1st obviously would have been the start of free agency, all those issues we can push to the side for just a moment and really focus in on what's going to make this team get the most of itself, which I think undoubtedly 
the goal for the Orlando Magic here is to finish with the seven seed, is to, is to beat Brooklyn and finish with the seven seed, and to play what they would hope is a competitive series. You know, get a game for sure, but make it a more competitive series than they did last year against the Toronto Raptors in the first round. So there's still goals to achieve. There's still benchmarks that we can we can hit and say, okay, this doesn't make the season necessarily success, but it's more information to gather as we make our decisions moving on down the line. A key for the Magic this season uh, has been the defense. No doubt, this was the Magic strength. It is Steve Clifford's strength as a coach. He coaches strong defensive fundamentals and principles. It is a big part of big part of what he is and, and the kind of teams that he builds. Last year, the Magic finished eighth in the league in defensive rating. They finished first in the league over the final 31 games, propelling them into the playoffs. This team was built on defense. And Steve Wilford said it before the season, the goal for the Orlando Magic was to finish in the top 10 in defensive rating, finish in the top half in offensive rating, and if they do that, they should have a good season. Well, the Magic are currently 10th in the league in defensive rating, bottom 10 in the league in offensive rating, thus about a 500 record. But the defense hasn't quite been right. Yes, they were killing everyone at the beginning of the season when they couldn't score, but the defense has fallen off a cliff and it's kind of fallen off pretty precipitously. Um, happened a little bit before Jonathan Isaac went down with his injury, but that certainly played a role as well. The Magic have not hit their defensive stride as of yet, and certainly everyone's starting from scratch, so we'll see if they, ha- if they can coming out of training camp. The Magic had one of the worst defenses in the league after the All-Star break. And while their offense scored plenty to make up for it, it is certainly a huge concern that the Magic struggled defensively. The question is, why? Why did the Magic suddenly struggle a little bit? Some of it certainly is the offense. You know, as you play better offensively, attention to detail on defense uh, decreases. But Clifford's been pointing to defensive issues throughout the course of the season. He's been saying the team isn't playing with physicality. There have been times where he's straight out called out the defense in in press conferences, knowing that this isn't hitting the standard that this team has set for itself. And those criticisms have, for the most part, been fair or have been the most part strategic to kind of get the magic to tighten their focus. It's not particularly clear where the Magic would have stood if they got to the next round or if, they, or if they'd continued the season on as scheduled. There were some hints the Magic were playing better defensively. They had a great defensive game, uh, a great three-quarters defensively against the Timberwolves, great three-quarters defensively against the Rockets, a great second-half defensively against the Grizzlies. Bits and pieces. And with the Magic's offense, they were able to hide those mistakes. But to be sure, the offense isn't going to start off like that when the Magic resumed the season. To be sure, the Magic are going to have to defend at a high level once again if they're going to take that step, beat Brooklyn, and succeed in the bubble. A lot easier said than done, pretty clearly. But it is something that the Magic know they can do. And I would suspect that the biggest focus that Steve Clifford will have is playing strong defense. Because with the way... Teams are out of rhythm with the way teams, you know, the, so much uncertainty about how this season is going to start. 
I think offenses are going to be rough, and the teams that succeed are going to be the ones that defend at the highest levels and create fast-break opportunities, create turnovers, and score easy baskets. You know, playing against set defenses, having to, to run an offense, I think that's going to be the struggle for a lot of teams in, in the bubble. And it's here where I do find some solace. It is in this discussion that I do think there are signs the Magic are in a good place. Or not in a good place, but in an okay place. The fundamentals of the Magic's defense is strong, or are strong. What are those fundamentals? Well, the Magic, under Steve Clifford, have several things that they must do. Um, that, that's just kind of at the heart of everything they do. Obviously, number one, protect the paint. Limit shot opportunities in the paint. Number two, chase players off the three-point line. Defend the three-point line. Force the, you know, Essentially, force mid-range jumpers. That's the best way to defend. And number three, don't foul. Certainly don't foul shooters, but don't foul. All these things added up are part of the system that the Magic use. And certainly there are other factors as well that deserve consideration. Locking down the glass, you know, something the Magic have had some struggles with as well. And also, in addition to that, not just locking down the glass, but also stopping transition, getting back in in transition, not giving up fast break points. Magic have had a lot of success in that area. But for this, I want to focus on those three core tenets and explain why the Magic are still in a good place. Before we do that, though, I do have to say a quick word from our pals at rockauto.com. If your car is not in a good place and you're trying to fix it up, you need to go someplace that will always have the parts that you need and and you you can find exactly what you want at the best price. There's no store that will do that. Stores tend to treat the do-it-yourselfers a little bit differently. They can be intimidating. They may not even have the right part that you need. But rockauto.com does. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers with everything from engine modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date Locked On NBA Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
So how have the magic performed in those three areas that I spoke about? Protecting the paint, defending the three-point line, and defending without fouling. The Magic obviously ranked 10th in the league in defensive rating, not so different from where they were last year. But obviously not, you know, you can see just observationally, it is not the same. And, and I think Steve Clifford even recognized that in his teleconference on Tuesday saying, you know, the habits just haven't been where they needed to be. So yes, defense has been a bit off all year. Now, maybe not at the beginning of the year, but certainly as the season has gone on, Magic have let, them, let themselves slip a ton uh, on the defensive end. But everything starts with protecting the paint and not giving up shots real close to the basket. Obviously, the, the money shots. This year, Orlando is giving up 45.3 points in the paint per game. That's 7th in the league. They were 8th last year, giving up 47.2 points in the paint per game. To give you a sense of how much the Magic have fallen off, after the All-Star break, the Magic gave up 50 points per game in the paint, 22nd in the league. They dropped from 7th in the league in this category, giving up five more points per game, almost five more points per game in the paint to 22nd. That is a significant drop-off. And remember, they're doing all this without a great rim protector. So this is all about scheme and just challenging shots inside the paint. For sure, this is also about volume. This season, the Magic have given up just 41.6 field goal attempts per game in the paint. That is a strong number. Orlando gives up the third fewest field goal attempts in the restricted area at 25.8 attempts per game. But it's not the same as it was last year. Last year, the Magic gave up 27.4 field goal attempts per game in the restricted area. That was fifth in the league. And 16.2 field goal attempts per game in the paint. This year, they're giving up 15.8 field goal attempts in the paint outside the restricted area. So again, the Magic do a decent job preventing teams from getting inside the lane. Again, they got significantly worse after the All-Star break. But the Magic do a good job defending the paint. Teams do not get shots inside the lane against them. But where the real trouble has been, and so, but certainly it's increased this year a little bit, where the real trouble has been is defending the three-point line. Most coaches will tell you making or missing three-pointers is pretty random. And so the idea here is not necessarily uh, the number of three-pointers a team makes. It's the volume of three-point shots they're giving up, especially quality three-point looks, the looks that they can make. Because three-point shooting can be pretty random. Most good defenses, their goal is to run shooters off the line. Again, get them to take mid-range jumpers. Not only is it the two versus three thing, it's the least efficient shot in the game. Those are the shots you want to give up. So key to the magic is giving up fewer three-point attempts. Last year, Orlando ranked 7th in the league, giving up 30.2 three-point field goal attempts per game. This year, they are 13th, giving up 33.4. After the All-Star break, 20th in the league, giving up 36.1. Three three-point field goal attempts may not sound like a lot, but it is. If teams make roughly 35% of their threes, that's essentially one out of every three three-pointer. That's three more points given up. And especially when you're a 500 team, when scores are pretty even, those three points are the difference. 
Obviously, the Magic don't have the great three-point shooting to back that up or to counteract that, so giving up a ton of threes is usually a recipe for disaster. Now, what about the quality of these three-point shots? Last year, the Magic gave up 25 open three-point field goal attempts per game. That's where the closest defender is four to six feet away from the shooter. Those were the fourth fewest attempts in the league. There's also that 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 that, that 25 number also includes when the defender closest defender is six or more feet away. So the Magic gave up the fourth fewest attempts um, in the league last year. This year, the Magic are giving up 28.7 of those same open shots. That's a little bit more than three per game. They give up the seventh fewest three-point field goal attempts with the closest defender four to six feet away, but just the 14th fewest. They're middle of the pack in giving up wide open three-pointers where the defender is six or more feet away. This is, again, the double. This is the double-edged sword of protecting the paint really well tend to get sucked in and you give up open threes. The Magic are giving up open threes. Opponents shoot 37.8% on these open attempts this year. More open attempts, of course, equals a better percentage. There's no doubt about that. Orlando has had its struggle containing ball handlers. They've had, they've had their struggle containing players, and while they might be forcing more mid-range shots, they're also giving up a lot more threes in the process. And obviously, when you get to the playoffs, when you get to some of the more elite teams that are built around three-point shooting, this is a death knell. You've got to be able to chase guys off the three-point line. You've got to be able to prevent quality open three-point field goal attempts. And the Magic did that last year. This year, certainly after the All-Star break, has been a different story. And this is, I think, really the key weakness. Because the other part, the other tent pole of the Magic's defense is defending without fouling. And there's nowhere where the discipline the Magic have can be seen better than here. The Magic commit the fewest fouls per game in the league at 17.6 per game. Opponents take the third fewest free throw attempts per game in the league against the Magic. Orlando does its job keeping teams off the foul line. giving They don't give up those free points. But it's a double-edged sword, like everything. As Clifford said early in the year, the Magic were not playing with the right physicality they would need. They weren't getting into guys. They weren't forcing teams to bend to their will, to go where they want them to go. They're reacting and rotating. And they might be very good at that, but when you're reacting and rotating instead of defending and forcing, that's when you're giving up points. That's when you're giving up open threes. That's when the offense has control. Defense is very much about forcing offenses to do what they don't want to do. And you got to be a little bit physical to do it. And that does sometimes mean, yes, you're taking a foul. So it's it's good that the Magic don't send guys to the foul line. Don't get me wrong. But certainly the Magic need to be willing to be more physical, to exert their physical dominance in games. But overall, you can see the foundations of this Magic defense are still pretty strong. There are areas, of course, where they can improve. They can continue to get better. But... This isn't a team that's at the bottom of the barrel. It's not a team that isn't capable of doing that. They've shown throughout the course of the season that they are capable. And now they just have to execute it. And the return to training camp, the ability to kind of get down and get back to this work, 
is going to be key to rediscovering this. And and to me, the defense will be everything for the Magic once they enter the bubble. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_md. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all of them. Please download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen. On the latest episode, they talked to filmmaker Michael Talagian, who was the director of the 30 for 30 Once Brothers. If you've never seen Once Brothers, definitely do that. The story of Drazen Petrovic and Vladi Divas is, is a fantastic, fantastic story. Be sure to check out that interview with Michael Talagian only on Rejecting the Screen with Adam Stenko and Noah Kozlov. You can find that wherever you download podcasts today. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll be observing the 4th of July and also my birthday on Friday. So have a happy 4th of July. We'll be back again on Monday for another episode of Locked on Magic as the Magic gets set to travel into the bubble. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.